0: When I was a wee lad and I misbehaved, I was guaranteed a punishment. Yeah. You know, unlike kids today. Yeah. However, unlike most kids with being grounded or whooped, I was made to sit down and watch a show that made me who I am today. A show with a host that was the master of spooky puns. This is the story of Tales from the Crypt. This is Toys for Us. <laughs>
1: Monster, I can and it's canned blueberry. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? It's the most fun in the park
0: when you're laughing in the dark. That began the nightmare on my street. We it's just a game, isn't it?
2: The Addams family from <laughs> <laughs> the
3: Say he's tired of his flaming top, he's got a yen to make a swap. So he rides one night each year to find a head in the hollow here. Anything can happen on Halloween. I'll put a spell on you.
0: Dig it. Hello, boils and ghouls. Welcome back to the 13 days of Halloween.
1: The 13 days of Halloween.
0: Oh, that sounded more like Stewie than than the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, I suppose it did. I think they're on that line. Come on, on, Brian. Let's get out of here. Welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your expedition into the caves of your past to dig up memories of the things that kept you entertained. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey everybody. Brian, today we will be talking about an undeniably spooky part of growing up in the 90s. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Ah. What a classic. I mean. (laughs) It had so many things going for it. Yeah. Like, so many things going for it. Like, the rotating cast. The Just, rotating cast. Uh, uh, mostly celebrities that were, yeah, at that time, celebrities. Pretty on top of their game. Uh, you had this theme song by Danny Elfman. Which was fucking phenomenal. I still find myself humming that to this day. Oh, yeah. Well, because for me, at least, I had timed it out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. You hear the creak from the door, you're like, now you close your eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he pops up. Mm-mm. He used to freak my sister out. I mean, that's because John Kassir is like, the spot the Jiggedy. fuck on. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. A friend of the show, John Kassir. That's right. That being said. It's nice ready? that we have friends of the show. We do, well. you know? Like, it's, uh, it's building up a little fucking yeah. squad. Squad goals. And you know what? It's only going to get bigger from here, baby. That's right. That's right. That being said, are you ready to open the crypt? Hell yes. Perfect. Give me a crowbar. Let's do this crowbar huh yeah what if what if you run a fucking damage something and put a curse on us oh yeah okay so that's a bad idea yeah yeah we don't need to be any cursed worse than we already are no 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 no. definitely fucking not no
3: just gather around and i'll elucidate what goes on outside when it gets late
0: we start our tale in the late 1940s
1: mm -hmm. way back machine
0: way back Horror comics emerged as a distinct comic book genre after World War II, when young adult males lost interest in caped crime busters and returning GIs wanted titillating sex and violence in their reading. Yeah, as one wants to. You know? Because, yeah. you know, the thing that you want to see after coming home from fucking gore yes. is more and more. Yeah, you're like, you know what? Hmm, that does look like that in real life. Like, Spot yeah, on, yeah. artists! Yeah. That's why Tom Savini was so good at what he did, because he was in the fucking army. Yeah. God, I love Tom Savini. I heard yeah. he's an asshole. Really? That's yeah. disappointing. From from like, multiple people. I can I can see it, but... <laughs> I can see it, but it's like, still hurts to think about, you know? You know who I heard is nice, though? Hmm? Uh, Greg Nicotero. Yeah. I hear he's a fucking cool guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like two, two sides of the coin. Yeah. You got the fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Tom Savini seems like he would be very full of himself. Which I mean rightfully so because the dude is good at what he does. But but at the same time it's like come on, bud. Just take it easy. Yeah. Take it fucking easy. Although he did have the best gun in uh from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Fuck yeah. (sighs) Gotta give him that. Yeah. Uh One-Shot Eerie, from 1947, is generally considered the first true horror comic, with its cover depicting a dagger-wielding, red-eyed ghoul threatening a rope-bound, scantily-clad, voluptuous young woman beneath a full moon. Oh, okay. Just fucking, like, Wheel of Fortune. Just ticking off all all the boxes. Okay, uh, big-titty woman. Alright. Uh, full moon. Yep. We need a ghost. It's gotta have red eyes. Uh, the woman should be tied up. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, oh, weaponry. Dagger. Oh, yes. Dagger. Get a dagger in there. Yep. <sighs> Print it. We're going with that. We'll do it live. <sighs> fine! Fuck! <fine. laughs> God. In 1948, Adventures into the Unknown became the first regularly published horror title, enjoying a nearly two-decade lifespan. In 1950, EC Comics, which... Really irks me because EC is short for Entertaining Comics. Entertainment, entertaining comics, comics. Yeah, it's like ATM machine. Yeah, (laughs) like (laughs) no, even DC Comics, Detective Comics, comics. It's like, come on, man. (sighs) Why would you just laugh like Aaron Neville? (laughs) Sometimes it happens. Uh, EC publisher Bill Gaines and his editor Al Fieldstein discovered they shared similar tastes in horror and began experimenting with horror tales in their crime titles. Tales from the Crypt traces its origin back to a Feldstein story, Return from the Grave, Ooh. and EC's Crime Patrol, number 15, December 1949 January 1950, with the Crypt Keeper making his debut as the host. So, Crypt Keeper people goes back to 1950. That's awesome. That's some staying power for a big animated corpse. Hey, you know what? Hey, you he got it, man. It. If you have it, haunt it. <laughs> nice. Ah. Um, issue 16 featured more horror tales than crime stories, and with issue 17, the title changed from Crime Patrol to the Crypt of Terror. Nice. Due to an attempt to save money on the second class postage permits, the numbering did not change with the title and they continued as the Crypt of Terror for the next two issues. Tales from the Crypt debuted with issue number twenty, October slash November nineteen fifty, producing a total of twenty seven issues, excluding the initial three issues seventeen through nineteen, published as the Crypt of Terror. Okay. Before ceasing publication with its February slash March nineteen fifty five issue. Dude number I bet 46. those originals are hard to come by. Oh I fucking bet, dude. I found one on eBay and was, like, crazy expensive. In 1954, Gaines and Feldstein intended to add a fourth book to their horror publications by reactivating an earlier title, The Crypt of Terror. They were stopped dead in their tracks, however. Following the publication of Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent, horror and other violent comics had come under scrutiny by parents. School teachers, clergymen, psychologists, and others who view the material as dangerous to the well-being of children and a significant contributor to the juvenile delinquency crisis in America. Bunch of wet blankets. That's really all it is, man. Seriously. That's like, stop it. Won't somebody please think of the children? Listen, Deborah. Yeah. You know you got felt up in a parking lot when you were a teenager. Yeah, Karen. Don't fucking act like you're better than anybody else. Uh-huh. Don't you know you fucking sne- sneak a cigarette in the bathroom and fucking turn the fucking vent on? Yeah. We know your secrets. Yeah, we know what's up. That's why I like the movie Serial Mom. Yeah. One of John Waters' best. I think it's extremely underrated. It really Not is. just as a John Waters film, just as a film in general. Yeah. I mean, fucking uh, Kathleen Turner knocked it out of the park Yeah, Netflix, dude. Yeah. Amazing. So, funny story mm-hmm. about Serial Mom. We actually rented it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And since it was unrated, there was no rating on the package. Nice. So, we started watching it, and then, you know, all of a sudden my dad's like, Nope! Nope! Alright, go to bed. What's funny about Serial Mom, Matthew Lillard? Mm-hmm. Fucking Ricky Lake? Yeah, Ricky Lake. It's like, Ricky Lake was, like... Aside from, uh, not what the hell? Hairspray? As- aside from Divine, Ricky Lake was like John Waters' Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was in a whole bunch of his shit. Yeah, it's true. Crybaby. Yep. Hairspray. Yep. Cereal Mom. Yep. It's like, okay. And then she fucking lost all that weight and had a sit- uh, talk show. Yeah. And then, where the fuck is she now? Actually, she there's a show that's on called The Mass Singer. Yeah. Where, like, every week celebrities come out, then you don't know who it is. Okay. And oh, she She was on it last season. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So can she sing? Yeah, she wasn't too bad. Cool. She made it towards the end. Fuck yeah. Mm. Matters came to a head in April and June 1954 with a highly publicized Senate subcommittee on juvenile delinquency. <laughs> Speaking of crybaby. Yeah. Got him. I don't want to be a square, okay? We're all drapes. Uh, hearings targeted violent comic books which fared poorly in the proceedings while the committee stopped short of blaming the comics industry for juvenile, juvenile delinquency they did suggest it toned down the product Pub- publishers were left reeling so it just goes to show you no matter the fucking medium yeah. the boomers are always going to be like look this is doing this no raise your fucking kids better how about that and quit being such a jive ass turkey oh yeah yeah. He's fucking honky. Yeah. Big time jive ass turkey. That's the thing, is like, you can't. Well, um. That's like, uh, there's been a rash of these videos of, like, air quotes, Christians leaving. The Adams Family movie. Oh, really? Like, ten minutes in. Oh, jeez. I didn't know... This isn't how it was supposed to be. Yeah, bro. Uh, Are you familiar at all with the fucking Adams Family? That has been consistent across the board, no matter the iteration? Since the 60s? Like... Forever, for their entire life? Forever, always. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Actors, that's it. Yeah, actors. That's exactly right. As (laughs) soon as I saw this this one guy, as soon as I saw a Ouija board... uh, I was like, no, like, they're trying to push our kids to communicate with the devil. Shut uh, the fuck up. Dude. Seriously. He's like, I don't remember like the nineties movies being like this. Yeah, dude. Dude, they fucking burned down an Indian village in the second one, or the yeah. the the pilgrim's village. Yeah. They were gonna Wednesday was straight up said she was gonna scalp the leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been like that. Forever. It just fucking drives me nuts, dude. I just people want to find something to fucking whine about. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it fucking is. I understand we're whining about it, but it's it's unnecessary. I right. mean, if you even had half a brain in your head, you'd know what the Adams yeah. Family was about. Right. Even my okay. dog knows what the Adams Family <laughs> right, is about. Okay. Alright. Yeah. The industry definitely avoided outside censorship by creating the self regulatory comics magazine association of America and a comics code authority. That placed severe restrictions on violent comic book genres. Yeah, it did. Publishers were forbidden from using the words terror and horror in titles, for example. And forbidden from depicting zombies, werewolves, and other gruesome characters uh, and other horror fiction trappings. That is so lame. That's very lame. It's super lame. It's dude, zombies and werewolves are awesome. They're uh, technically the same thing, if you're thinking about it. Huh. Zombie, well, right? Huh. Yeah. Three animated corpses. Yeah. Huh. What happens if a zombie bites a vampire or vice versa? Hmm. It's just like that's the cure, right? It like negates yeah, each other, cancels everything out. <laughs> and they just they become <laughs> human again. Cures, cures them both. Oh shit. Baller. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Zombies and vampires. Same. Same kind of classification. Yeah. What if a zombie bites a werewolf? The werewolf becomes a werewolf zombie and then he bites the vampire. Oh, fuck. A super breed of unkillable already dead things? It would have like an undead undead werewolf vampire. <laughs> oh, that melts my brain a little so, bit. So like, he'd be a vampire all the rest of the time. Yeah. On his full moon. He'd be a werewolf vampire. But imagine like a fucking... A vampire bat. Yeah. And when he transforms into a actual full-figured form, mm-hmm. it's a werewolf. Now that is cool. Right? Yeah. What would you do if he's like... Oh, it's just a bat. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> You're like ah. uh, well, um... Guess I'm gone. It's uh, been nice knowing you. But imagine... Like... So you get bit by this werewolf. Mm-hmm. werewolf lore is all you have to do is get bit right vampire lore it's on and off whether or not you get bit you become one Yeah. or or you get bit you have to suck their blood Blood. and then become one but if you get bit by a vampire bat werewolf I think you just get turned into a vampire werewolf yeah I think you're right because it would just be like like, what do they say in Blade, all the strengths, none of the weaknesses? Yeah. Kind of like that. It'd be like the Captain America of horror creatures. <laughs> 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 That's Transylvania's ass. <laughs> That's Transylvania's ass. Now, that there's the fucking movie that you need The, the Dracula werewolf versus Frankenstein. Oh, don't give Sci Fi Channel any ideas. <laughs> because It'll they're be all the fucking NATO they're all anim- like reanimated corpses. Yeah. Right? I mean cuz I think the werewolves are the only things that aren't really undead necessarily because right. I mean, they're regular people unless That's true, below. that's true. That's true. Wow. I think werewolves is more like a hairy AIDS or something. They're they're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But now I just want to see a fucking were- a vampire bat transform into a full ass werewolf. You can just see like something horrible going wrong and it's just like a wolf head with wings. <laughs> yes. Like it bites a hippie and gets all fucked up. Oh yeah. And just turns into a fucking wolf head trip. with wings. It's just, like tripping, bad trip. He's like, <laughs> tripping bat balls. Fucking just imagine Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf, <laughs> fucking bat wings. <laughs> Give me a cake. No, <laughs> like, oh. Okay. Man, fuck. Where's the rest of your body, bro? You just wings. <laughs> you just fucking take a fucking bat to it. <laughs> How are you gonna get this home? Never mind. <laughs> it's just the fucking cabin scene from Black Sheep with a bat, but it's the <laughs> werewolf vampire bat.
1: <laughs> Oh, Shit. I did pay money to see that.
0: God damn it, man. Good times. Whew. Good fucking times. Alright, back to the fucking... <laughs> Meanwhile, tale. back at the ranch. Of course, Tales from the Crypt gets like, the most wild-ass sidebar. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think would. the Crypt Keeper would be proud. He would, he would approve for sure. Gaines was fed up. He believed his titles were being specifically targeted and realized that they were doomed to future failure. He threw in the towel, cancelling Tales from the Crypt and its companion titles in September 1954. Lame. Since an issue of The Crypt of Terror had already been produced, it was published, and the final issue of of Tales from the Crypt came out in February-March 1955. Which is like, damn. Yeah, that's taking your ball and going home. Comic-wise, everything stayed quiet until the revival. In 2007, Paper Cuts, an independent comics publisher, managed by former Marvel Comics editor Jim Salacrup, began running a new series of original Tales from the Crypt comics. The new version was announced at uh, at that year's New York Comic Con, with the first issue being published in June 2007, with a cover drawn by Kyle Baker. Nice. All three of EC Comics' horror hosts, the Ghoul Lunatic's um appear in the issue drawn by Rick Parker, art artist of Marvel slash MPV's Beavis and Butthead comic. Oh nice. Uh contributors to subsequent issues have included well known horror talents Joe R. Lansdale and his brother John L. Lansdale, Don McGregor, husband and wife team James Romberger and Marguerite Van Cook, Mort Todd and Chris Noeth the new version has a smaller digest size with a graphic novel, graphic novel style book binding. Controversy erupted in two thousand eight when Vice Presidential candidate Sarah Palin was featured on a cover attacking the horror host with a hockey stick.
1: Ah, published, funny, she's a
0: harpy. She is a harpy. That's true. She can see Russia from her house. <laughs> uh, published with a letter from William Games, William Gaines' daughter Kathy Gaines, commenting on censorship. As of today there have been a total of thirteen issues, non graphic novels, produced by Papercuts, with the last issue being published september twenty eighth, twenty ten. In twenty sixteen, Super Genius Comics would relaunch Tales from the Crypt for two issues. So now we hop back to the eighties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as you do. Yeah. You go back in time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Producer Joel Silver was on the set of 1987's Lethal Weapon when he and director Richard Donner began talking about Silver's failed attempts to adapt Tales from the Crypt as a feature film. The disappointing reaction to 1983's Twilight Zone, the movie, and 1982's Creepshow had lessened enthusiasm for horror anthologies. Unmoved by those failures, Donner said that he'd be interested in joining the project, and when the series idea was brought to HBO, they were intrigued that so many feature film talents were backing the idea. I think that history has has kind of acquitted those movies, uh, Creepshow yes. and uh, Twilight Zone especially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are classics. I mean, they are. They as are. far as I'm concerned. I mean, especially, like, I love the Creepshow movies. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking love those I remember finding, the, I think it was Creepshow 2, whatever Creepshow has, like the Grim Reaper at a ticket box. hmm That's two. I remember finding the VHS, like, in my parents' room. Like, yeah. What the fuck? is this? Man, suck. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, that, that's just the shit. Because I think the first time I saw it was with your dad. There's shit like, kids now won't have that. Yeah. Because for the most part, like if if a kid's gonna watch Netflix, their parents have them logged into the kids edition of Netflix. Yeah, like, yeah. there's no stumbling across faces of death, right. or a creep show, or any of the shit that you're like. And even to like on the same in the same vein, like I remember like in our generation, we were able to like you know see all those fantastic covers of the VHS's at the video store and just be like Mm -hmm. wow what the fuck is this you saw short circuit and fucking the lightning striking down on them you're like oh fuck fuck. yeah Or fucking critters with them cut out of the toilet yeah you're like what the fuck is this yeah try to be like convince somebody to fucking rent it for you yeah they're just not gonna have that I think one of the wildest ones I ever saw remember seeing when I was younger was uh, fucking fright night Yes. With a fucking, like, demon face in the On the top, yeah. That. Yeah, dude. Talk about shit that did not need to be remade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Tom Farrell as much as the next guy, but... And I like David Tennant, too, but... Yeah. I mean, and, oh, well, R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. I know. What the fuck, man? Damn. Now I got the SIDS. <laughs> no, I got the SIDS. Man. <sighs> really brought it down. Yeah. R.I.P. Anton. Really fucking brought it down. Okay, then. Moving onward. When Robert Zemeckis, who was working with Silver on 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, got involved, the network agreed to move forward with the show. Baller. Because you know you got that Zemeckis power. Yeah. That's fucking it. I mean, back then, dude, Zemeckis could do no wrong. He still can fucking, you know what? Fucking A,
1: dude.
0: Like, man... Here's a hot take. Hmm. Robert Zemeckis is a better John Hughes than John Hughes. I agree. Absolutely. Right? Because there's no way that John Hughes could have pulled off Who Framed Roger Abbott. Mm -hmm. Could not have... Nobody but Bob Zemeckis could have done Back to the Future. Nobody. Nobody. No. No. I mean, in a lesser person's hand, that would be a fucking forgettable term. That's just like... um, Chris Columbus, yeah, the Harry Potter franchise would not have continued on to do as well as they did if they didn't have the foundation that he built. Correct, for. and he intended to direct all seven movies. He did yes, I But he didn't that. want to like not see his kids grow up. Yeah, which is commendable. Yeah, but, but then it also created this world where, and, and honestly, think about it: if Harry Potter. Harry Potter had to crawl so that the Marvel Cinematic Universe could run. You're absolutely right. Because you get a million fucking movies directed by a million directors yeah. because they saw that worked I mean, so well with Harry Potter. The Harry Potter was the template for that. You know, like, okay, first two movies, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. That's fine. From that from that point on, Rotating Door. Yeah. And it, it showed that, okay, as long as the overall theme is there, yes. you have room yes. to work around. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: I actually think that we could even take that a step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at the Star Trek movies. Yeah. Like all the Star Trek movies had different directors, except for like uh, three and four were directed by the same guy, and two and six were directed by the same guy. Same thing for the most part with the uh, Saw movies. Yeah. Which, we see where that's headed now. Yep. With fucking Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> How wild is that? It's crazy, man. Like, and I'm biased because I'm close with Darren Lynn Bousman, who directed 2 through 5. Boom! He's coming back to do the next one. Which is awesome. Like, I have an email in my email account from when I was in that car accident with your sister. Oh, yeah. The headline is, Hurt. The body is, You were in an accident. Hope you're Okay. Darren. <laughs> well, hell, that's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, you know. I remember oh, vividly, dude. Do that. I remember vividly. That this is when I lived in Georgia. Yeah. I I only had internet on my phone. But I was Facebook messaging fucking James Wan. That's baller. This was only, like, Saw 1 and 2 right. era James Wan. Right. Like, this is before he became like this crazy fucking powerhouse that yeah, he is right now like and he totally is. He he's and it's so good to see like it's not just some fucking white guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is it we're really moving into a like movie wise into a generation where you have all these just different successful directors that aren't just fucking white guys.
1: Absolutely.
0: I mean Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is Taika Waititi. Great. You know what I great mean examples. like it's not just oh I'm Barry Sonnenfeld like yeah. you know what I mean like, like okay Barry Sonnenfeld's awesome but yeah. I mean Barry Sonnenfeld gets old right I mean and then they get they get fucking delusional like fucking Scorsese right yeah well Marvel movies aren't cinema um, uh, all right dude I understand why you're dude. salty and you haven't made a good movie since the fucking late eighties yeah but take it easy yeah you know what I mean seriously like don't tarnish who you were by being who you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing yeah. with fucking Jennifer Aniston Is like, Marvel movies are real movies. And then someone like tweeted back to her how many of her movies have negative scores and Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, okay, buddy? We understand that your fucking butt hurt. It's, it's like salty. Blood. Don't even try to play like if they made them 15 years earlier like you wouldn't have been clawing. Oh, for Black Widow? For Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Her first movie was fucking Leprechaun. That's true. So who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, totally. Take it it easy. All right? You're not even the best person in the Friends cast. No. No, that goes... That's fucking... um, What the fuck is her name? Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Yes. She's my favorite friend, but that's just me. She's my favorite friend. <laughs> I can't stand Friends. No, nah, dude. I tried several times. Yeah, I'm just like, uh... yeah. I think our buddy Nick is on the money with, uh, yes, about Friends. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's like, okay, buddy, cool. How I Met your mother is a better Friends than Friends? Yeah, yeah. I've only watched like an episode of that, and I know that I've watched. The whole show it ended its entirety like thirteen times. That's a lot of times. Well, because when I lived in Georgia, I didn't have cable, but I had oh. like the first five seasons on DVD. <laughs> yeah. So Constantly I had catch my a fucking thing. white PlayStation Two. Nice. It's, it's a very sad life I lived. Oh. Wow. Very sad indeed. But look at us now. Oh no! You know. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Son of a goddamn bitch. <laughs> now you have a white PlayStation Four. I do. <laughs> And I will have the white PlayStation 5 whenever the fucking comes out. They're saying that thing's gonna be backwards compatible all the way to the OG. It fucking better be. Do you know how fucking rad that would be? It's like God. You already killed Xbox spare it a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> I mean I don't I know there's play a lot of fucking Xbox fanboys, but there's no way it's in hell of them. But it's like console wars console wars all over again, right? Yeah. But just hardware wise, PlayStation is way better of a system. And I would say exclusives. They definitely got the market better on exclusives. Like with the OG Xbox, definitely had the better oh, exclusives. Oh yeah, for sure. But they've they've lost that touch. They, they definitely have, unfortunately. I mean, like what do what does Xbox have exclusive wise now? Halo, Gears, Gears of War? War, yeah, that's it. To the point that though I I didn't even know they made a Gears of War three and four. Yeah. So when I saw Gears of War five, I'm like, like the Gears fuck?
1: 5? What?
0: When the fuck did they make a three and four? <laughs> Surprise. I don't know, man. All I know is I've already fucking pre-ordered The Last of Us two. Nice. Which, man, that in and of itself. They got the same composer on board? Same composer, same cast, everything. Yeah. Ashley Johnson. I was going to say, is my girl in that? Who just ties us back to Marvel. She's in the first Avengers. She is. She's the the waitress. She sure is. Alright. Yeah. Because it was aired on HBO, which... Even back then, was a hefty thing. Hell yeah, dude. That was a big deal. Like, HBO has only, I think, been rivaled with Dexter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because what else is on fucking Showtime? Right. Uh. What, Homeland? Is yeah. that even still on? I don't think it is. Yeah, see? It's like, even if it is, having to ask, is it still on? Not a good sign. Also, I believe... Wasn't Dead Like Me on Showtime? Dead Like Me was on Showtime. So Dead Like so... Me and Dexter. Yeah. Were as close. Yeah. As being on par with HBO eh. as the lever be. Speaking and even of- Dexter fucking should have ended after season four. Yeah, yeah, it really should have because damn man. Like it could have, it could have been as good as Breaking Bad. It could have. If they would have known when to stop. Exactly. And, and that's, just, I think, the, the strength of the Breaking Bad out. was yeah. the new one to, to call it. Yep. That's because Vince Gilligan is like... Yeah. It, it's like... I mean, Vince, I've been a fan of that guy for a long time, ever it, since X-Files. Vince Gilligan sounds like like an improv troupe. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, you does. have Vince Gill, uh-huh. and you have Vince Gilligan. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we get it, we're funny. like. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Vince Gilligan's Island. Vince Gilligan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so because it was on HBO, it was one of the few anthology series to be allowed to have full freedom of censorship by network standards and practices. Oh, yeah. As a result, HBO allowed the series to include content that had not appeared in most television series up to that time, such as graphic violence, profanity, sexual activity, and nudity. Titties. Titties. Yeah. Yeah. T I D D I E S mm-hmm. T D's Yeah. The show subsequently edited for such content when broadcast in syndication or on basic cable. True. Cause I don't know why the fuck they, they even tried this with Dexter, ironically. Oh really? Dexter, Dexter was on C B S for like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you had know, they had to gut so much of it that they were just like, nah, there's no point in even trying they to They did a skit this. on Mad TV about uh, if they had done that for the Sopranos. Oh, yes. And it was just five minutes of uh, Will Sasso as Tony Soprano asking for the gabagool. That's it. Foot credits. Now look at it, man. I, I cannot wait until we do the episode on- about Arthur. Mm-hmm. This is from Arthur. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, she made it Oh. the whole neighborhood stood outside the house. Saint, that woman was. If it's okay with you, T, I'd like to give that pastry chef a taste of his own cannoli. Hey, mommy, you... <laughs> and this I... Say so, capis?
0: Holy shit. Yes, that it is was on Arthur. Glorious. Arthur got away with so much fucking shit because wow. nobody fucking, like, watched Arthur. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fucking phenomenal. Amazing. Um, let's see. While the series began production in the United States, in the final season, filming moved to Britain, resulting in episodes which revolved around British characters. Oh, Each episode begins with a tracking shot leading to the front door of the Crypt Keeper's decrepit mansion. Once inside, the the camera pans down from the foyer into the hallways, stairways, and finally descends into the basement. Which I always liked. That was house goals for me. Yeah! The fucking Gorgon faces in the spires as you were going yeah. down the stairs. I'm like, okay, those are fucking dope. Dude, those fucking, the, that stone spiral staircase. Yes. And the fucking, fuck, like, yes. the dragon metal fencing. Yeah. I'm Hell like, yeah, Ooh. dude. I mean, even the fucking sound it makes yeah. is so iconic. Okay. Yeah. You hear it and you're just like, oh, fuck, Tales from the Crypt, huh? Yep. You're like, ooh, You're like here it comes. That's mate. like peak Danny Elfman, man. Yeah, for real. Like, just think of like, let's say from like 1985, yeah, to like 1995. Yeah, yeah. Danny Elfman was fucking untouchable. Yes, absolutely. Right, like everything he fucking touched was gold. Golden. Yeah, golden. And it's because he fell in love with movie soundtracks. Yeah. And rightfully so, I mean... Other than doing, like, actual music. Because yeah. I love Oingo Boingo, but... Right. And even, like, The Forbidden Zone. But ever since he's been doing movies... Yeah. You you know when it's a Danny Elfman movie. Yeah. And it's it's great because, like, that is, like, exactly when he hit his, like, stride. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, man... It's because he had that, he had his song on Weird Science. hmm And then he's like, hmm, he's so like, maybe. And then it went from there. You know? And here we are today. From my heart and from my hands, why do people understand my attention? Weird. <laughs> like, huh? weird Science. Weird. I feel like you can just mix blind Me with Science with Weird Science. You totally could. Weird Science. Science. There he is. The mashup that nobody asked for. (laughs) But now lives because of us. Yeah. Well done. So you kick that fucking door open, and the Crypt Keeper pops out of his goddamn coffin. (laughs) Laughing like a goddamn maniac. (laughs) Like a fucking maniac, man. Like, what an absolute madman. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He's like, oh,
0: okay. But I knew. As soon as I saw that fucking door, (laughs) I'm like, nope. Close my eyes. Like, wait for it. No, 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 no. No, wait, wait, wait. No. Damn, that's when they creeped. And then you just... You're like, okay. Yeah. It's like the, the fucking laugh that's layered so far underneath. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It's like, dude means business. Yep. The Crypt Keeper is an animated corpse, as opposed to the original comics in which he was a living human being. The Wisecracking ki- Crypt Keeper, performed by puppeters van snowden mike elizadell and frank charles Lutkiss, uh and was voiced by john kassir but then introduced the episode with intentionally half-kneed puns e.g his frequent readings to the viewers hello boils and ghouls or hello kitties yeah each episode was self-contained and was bookended by an outro sequence again involving the cryptkeeper comic book cover art was created by mike vosberg and sean McManus. The success of the series led to numerous spin-offs and films. In 1995, a film off or a film off a film spun off from the se- from from TV series was produced by Universal Pictures called Demon Knight. Yeah, Billy Zane, which has one of the eight just best soundtracks. Yeah, it's dope. Because look, if you have not listened to 1800 Suicide by the Gravediggers, <laughs> pause this podcast, listen to it. Go look up 1800 Suicide. And listen to it. And then come back and then comment on this fucking episode and be like, wow, I can't believe I slept on 1-800-SUICIDE. It's fucking so good. Um, After it became a commercial success, Universal greenlit two more movies uh, intending to produce a trilogy. The second film, Bordello of Blood, was released in 1996. Yeah, Although it was a box office bomb and yeah. generally disliked by critics and fans of the series. Yeah. As a follow-up to Demon Knight, producers planned to make a film titled Dead Easy, a.k.a. Fat Tuesday, a New Orleans zombie film, but the producers felt the scripts lacked humor and leaned too heavily towards horror. A rewrite was done by The X-Files writer Darren Morgan, Ooh. and the executive producers loved it, but the producers Gilbert Adler and, AK, or and A.L. Katz rejected it. The third film that was planned, Body Count, was written by two other X-Files writers, James Wong and Glenn Morgan. It also never found its way to the screen, due to Adler and Katz rejecting the script. Both Quentin Tarantino's From Dust Till Dawn and Peter Jackson's The Frighteners were considered as possible Tales from the Crypt movies. Well, that would have been interesting. Because The Frighteners started off as an episode of Tales from the Crypt. That makes sense. But they knew that it could be an actual movie, so they reworked it. Um, the film Ritual, 2002, was not produced as a Tales from the Crypt film, but is considered to be an unofficial, unofficial entry into the series. Uh, in 1993, a Saturday morning cartoon called Tales from the Keeper was spun off from the HBO series. by Nelvina, which... Our friend from the North. You know. uh, It was on ABC in the United States and YTV in Canada. The violence of the Primetime series was substantially toned down and the gore was omitted. Oh yeah. It was mostly slapstick. Yeah. It was more pun-heavy than anything else. Mm -hmm. Nelvana employed a child psychologist to review the scripts to ensure the episodes would be suitable for young viewers. (laughs) Nobody gets warped in the process. But you know what? Eh. That's Look at us all about. now. <laughs> the Crip Keeper puppet was considered as the host for the series, but it was ultimately decided that it might frighten youngsters. So instead an animated version was created, which bore more of a resemblance to the puppet than the original Crip Keeper that was in the nineteen fifties EC comics. Yeah, that's true. John Cassier reprised his role. Uh, John Kassir later said, Novano created a kinder, gentler personality for the children's Crypt Keeper, and it feels a little uncharacteristic at times. Yeah, I get that. In addition to the Crypt Keeper, EC Comics mascot the Vault Keeper and the Old Witch also made frequent appearances, often fighting with the Crypt Keeper for the control of the show's hosting duties. Oh, yeah. The series lasted two seasons on ABC, with a total of 26 episodes. In 1999, the show was revived on CBS for an additional 13 episodes under the title, New Tales from the Cryptkeeper*. Keeper. I didn't know that. <sighs> there was a kid's game show called Secrets of the Cryptkeeper's Haunted House.
3: And now, it's showtime! <laughs> Greetings from Universal Studios Florida, kiddies! It's secrets of the thrift keeper's haunted house! <laughs> it's time now for battling ghosts and surviving slimy swamps, where every room presents another morbid challenge, another eerie and impossible mission for all those snoopy kids who dare to enter my
0: chambers of horror. That sounds awesome. Which was featured on CBS. The Crypt Keeper, again voiced by John Kassir, was the announcer of the show. He would often break into the action with appropriate wisecracks. And contestants competed in physical challenges on a variety of elaborate haunted house sets at Universal Studios Florida. In addition to The Crypt Keeper, the series also boasted an original character named Digger the Skeleton, voiced by Danny Mann. Which is kind of like Nickelodeon fucked up. Yeah, because, because that's what they wanted Legends of the Hidden Temple to be was yeah. something like that.
1: But Maybe Legends of the Hidden Temple
0: ended up, you know. Yeah, like, it was it was its own thing, you yeah. know. Uh, in 2000, several Tales from the Crypt radio shows were recorded for Seeing Ear Theater, an online subsidiary of the Sci-Fi Channel, and were offered free as streaming real audio files on their website. Oh wow! Fucking real audio. Real audio. <laughs> <sighs> They are on sale uh, on Audible.com. Although 13 episodes were planned, with forthcoming episodes only listed as TBA, only 8 stories were recorded. 7 of the 8 shows were released on CD in 2002 by Highbridge Audio. In 1991, Fox Television Network aired a pilot for Two Fisted Tales, a spin-off based on the 1950s EC action comics. Ooh. When Fox passed on the pilot, Cryptkeeper segments were tacked onto the three stories Yellow, Showdown, and King of the Road, and HBO ran them as Tales for Crypt oh, episodes. Oh, fucking Yellow. I think that was directed by Bob Zemeckis. I believe so. Yeah. That was a good one. Freakin' Kirk Douglas and whatnot. Tales from the Crypt won the following awards: 1991 Motion Picture Sound Editors Golden Reel Award for Best Sound. Fuck yeah. Uh, 1992 Motion Picture Sound Editors Golden Reel Award for Best Sound. 1993 Motion Picture Sound Editors Golden Reel for Best Sound. I'm noticing a pattern. In 1994, American Cinema Editors Eddie Award for Best Edited Half-Hour Series for Television. Deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, it had a lot of nominations, though. 1990, like or 1990 Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor for William Hickey in The Switch. Mm. 1991 Young Artist Award for Best Young Actor in a Cable Special, Mike Simran in the episode The Secret. 1992's Casting Society of America's Ardios Award for Best Casting for TV Dramatic Episode. A 1994 Emmy uh, for Individual Achievement in Makeup. Uh, for Kirk Douglas. Ah, see. 1994 American Cinema Editor's Eddie Award for Best Edited Half Hour Series. Uh, 1994 Emmy Awards for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama, Tim Curry in the episode Death of Some Salesman. Ah. Uh, because, of course, it's fucking it's Tim Curry. Curry. 1994 Young Artist Award for Best Youth Actor Guest Starring in a Television Show. Rashan Hamand in... The episode people who live in brass hearses hmm. 1995 emmy award for outstanding individual achievement in costume design for the series and 1996 american society of cinematographers award for outstanding achievement in C- cinematography in regular series for the episode you murderer That's you know who else is an award winner uh, i have an idea but go ahead and fill us in oh it's facty yeah our fat finding friend The Fact Keeper. ha! Oh, shit. Yeah. Tales from the Box. Nice. When a film or a-, a television show needs a creepy animatronic puppet, they usually call Kevin Yeager. As horror's Jim Henson, the prolific special effects expert has been responsible for The Crypt Keeper, Chucky of the Child Sway films, nice. and various versions of the Freddy Krueger makeup. Hey. To create Tales from the Crypt's decomposing host, Yeager used the clear blue eyes from his Chucky fabrication, and it took six puppeteers to make him fully operational. That's awesome. So Chucky and the, tail- and the Cryptkeeper have the same eyes. Yeah, I can see it yeah. now that you say that. Tales from the Crypt was famous for luring a number of noted featured directors to television at a time when it was considered a step down from movies. While well, having producers like Donner and Zemeckis making phone calls help, their primary attraction was getting to shoot what amounted to a short film with minimal interface. For actors, it was also a chance to step behind the camera without the burden of an extended shoot. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was paid scale $15,000 to direct an episode, said at the time, It was, I would say, the greatest joy I've ever had in the, in the movie business. Oh, damn. Yeah. High praise. High fucking praise. Uh, Season season 2 intentionally gave us a surprise origin story of our favorite undead master of bad puns and shock tales. Holy fuck was that episode twisted. Episode 14, appropriately titled Lower Birth, brings us to Feely's Fantastic Fairway of Freaks, where we meet a rather sensitive two-headed mutant corpse named Enoch, who has a boner for an ancient mummy named Myrna. Enoch escapes the freak show in the hands of his abusive owner with Myrna, and they they have um, an interesting night Uh in a dank cave before they are discovered a year later and taken back to the carnival prison. That is, however, not before a hellish offspring is birthed by Myrna, the Crypt Keeper. In the post-discussion of the story with the Creeper, he states his parents are still at the carnival today, 80 years later. So it makes him about 80 years when uh, Tales from the Crypt started. Makes sense. Um, Zemeckis' involvement often meant that Tales from, the Crypt's, Tales from the Crypt would take any opportunity to explore new techniques for visual effects. In the episode You Murderer, a career criminal is murdered by his wife and best friend, and posthumously narrates the events leading up to his demise. When the character looks in the mirror, the show takes place from his POV. You ever see the resurrected features of Humphrey Bogart. Zemeckis used footage from Casablanca, the Maltese Falcon, and other Bogart films to capture capture footage and digitally insert him into the frame see that's baller yeah, that was before like they were they really did things like that, right, yeah, because so that's fucking Zemeckis. I mean, you can definitely see that influence because of Forrest Gump yeah. I mean, he used the same tricks, essentially, in Forrest. I did, yeah. This was, this was him like, can I fucking do this? He's like, yeah, I can fucking do yeah, this. Yeah, I can fucking do this. Uh, Robert Zemeckis and fellow producers knew they had syndication gold on their hands, so they wanted to plan ahead for tales to maybe be eventually broadcast on other stations that weren't so, shall we say, lenient <laughs> when it comes to sex, language, and gore. Yeah, And that's exactly what happened when, in the summer of 1994, over at Fox, they picked up a series as part of their late-night programming. Yep. The episodes were re-edited with alternate scenes that cut out all the naughty fun stuff, and actors were instructed to loop those hilarious dubs of non foul language into scenes while shooting. Fucking became friggin' and so on. Mm-hmm. It was nice for those who didn't have a subscription to HBO, or if you were some serious uptight parents that did not want you to watch it. <laughs> as an anthology show, Tales from the Crypt didn't have any reoccurring cast members to help drum up publicity. The only familiar face was John Yeah. So HBO had him take the media rounds uh, at the start of each season, calling into radio shows as Crypt Keeper. We would launch a new season, and I would spend a week in the morning doing 50 or 60 radio shows as the Crypt Keeper, he told (laughs) CrypticRock.com. I would naturally have to improvise all that. I would have some bullet points and all that to talk about when the show was coming on. Yeah. And I would sit there and talk. How are you, Frank? (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) Which, God, man, you have to fucking, like, imagine... Doing that 50 or 60 times yeah, with that fucking voice. That would get fucking... How it, do you have a voice? using that voice. I mean, that would have to really blow out your vocal cords. Oh, God, yes. Uh, reminded that Freddy Krueger once performed with the Fat Boys, John Cassier recorded several albums in character for Warner Brothers. <laughs> the first, Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas, was released in 1994.
3: <laughs> oh, hello, creeps. You're just in time. My little Cryptmas party is about to begin. I just love this time of year. There's nothing quite like it. Yuletide carols, sleigh bells, Jack Frost roasting on an open fire. Yay! Where was I? Oh, yes, Cryptmas. How about we kick off the celebration with one of my favorite Ghoul Tide ditties? Deck the halls with pots of Charlie, fa la 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 Make the Yule Tide grandson, fa la 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 la. Stocking stuffed with ears and fingers, fa la 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 la. With chunks of Barney, fa la 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 Bits of Bruce and hunks of Arnie, fa la 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 Hang the crypt with spleens and kidneys, fa la 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 Use Ramones and then use Sidneys, fa la 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 Tree and bring the ladder Fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la Top it off with gills called bladder Fa-la-la-la, la-la-la-la Grinning skulls in festive poses Fa-la-la-la-la, la 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 Strings of toes and nicked-off noses fa la la la-la-la-la Holly, fa la 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 la. When we could just dismember Wally, fa la 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 la. Have the whole place decorated, fa la 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 la. With the parts we've amputated, fa la la la.
0: John Caceres said that his father, a surgeon, enjoyed playing the holiday record during procedures. <laughs> Which is like, totally. They're probably like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Totally explains how John Caceres is his son. Yeah. You know? Tiny Toon Adventures parodied the series in an episode, "Tunes from the Crypt. Nice. With Buster Bunny, voiced by Charlie Adler, portraying a Crypt Keeper-type character telling scary stories. Later in the series, John Kassir, who's the voice of the Crypt Keeper, will go on to voice Buster Bunny. Isn't that wild? That's very fucking wild. Yeah. It's just one of those things that you don't fucking put two and two together until yeah. you see it, and then you're like, Oh. Oh, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Um, during the Crypt Keeper intro in Season 1, Episode 4, Only Sin Deep, he looks into the mirror and chants, Mirror, mirror rhyme, to which it breaks. <laughs> he proclaims that he bought... Or he brought seven years of bad luck. In fact, the show lasted for seven years 1989 to 1996. That's baller. <laughs> it's just funny how shit show works out like that. Yeah. Uh, Charles Fleischer, who voiced Roger Rabbit, um, was in the running to provide the voice of the Cryptkeeper. Keeper. Th- they made the right choice. They did. Yeah. yeah. And that's not a knock. No, hell no. Because it's Charles fucking Fleischer. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I mean come on future friend of the show? Hopefully. Yeah. Ah. Yes, it's still early, but we will be at Astronomicon in February yep. in Detroit. So, hey, if you're Come out, and out in that area, we'll be there. Yeah. And with that, we close the crypt on yet another day of Halloween. Join us tomorrow for more blood-curdling fun. Until next time, remember to be careful what you ask for. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid.
1: And from the heart of the Nicholas Cage, we are Cage's Kiss, and I am Adrian Smith.
2: I'm Linda Castro. And I'm Donnie. Hi, Donnie. And we are Cage's Kiss, the ultimate Cage cast, where we discuss each of the National Treasure cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. And, uh,. We grew up loving uh, uh, *Tales from the Crypt*, and uh, we regularly pick fights with Angelina Jolie, likening her to the Crypt Keeper.
3: <laughs> I married
2: Brad Pitt
3: <laughs> and Billy Bob. He <laughs> <laughs> was my a dad's in my
2: side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she starred in cyborg 2 glass shadow yeah
2: <laughs> so uh we were just uh discussing about well adrian and i were at, at any rate about how uh how stupid hot billy zane was in the movie oh yeah uh, no in
1: demon knight he was badass he was freaking boss yeah he
2: i never understood <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a star Donnie um, I never understood the, uh, the 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 lead female's like problem because I was thinking like dude dude he's stupid hot and he loves you too and so why don't you just like go for I mean he may be a demon but
1: that's I mean... just it he's a demon bitch that's why he's hot I mean um the, there were options in. this movie thomas hayden church was present yeah that's true m-o-o-n that spells thomas hayden church
2: (laughs) 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 but yeah donnie weren't you saying that your favorite show was the our episode uh my the
0: the one with was the santa claus episode first actually because that stuck with me for the longest time and if i remember correct that was actually the first episode that aired
2: But if not that, I'd still
0: have to go with Tim Curry, where
2: he got to play every character in a deranged family that hated lawyers and insurance salesmen. That was amazing.
1: We got we got all kinds of random turns on that one, like where Timothy Dalton's a werewolf, you know. Yes. (laughs) Or where uh, Tim Roth is uh, is uh, is the bucket of blood artist, you know, where where murderous is inspiration.
2: oh and uh uh the crypt keepers husband brad pitt was in one too God. where uh he sticks out his tongue and we get to see some of his tongue action and it's like i see your game brad i see your game
1: <laughs> it <laughs> was a wicked game well, Wicked hot <laughs> that johnny suede movie's pretty cool yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh yeah donnie and i pretty much grew up watching it and uh i think that explains a lot that explains you
1: two to a t
2: I mean, that and real sex, right? (laughs) And dream on.
1: It's a real pity you two can't be perfectly normal like me. (laughs) We've
2: watched Dream On, my dad.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, my little sister's coming home from school telling us all we need to watch uh, Thunder in Paradise and the Power Rangers with her.
2: Aww. Y'all mean Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Being an older brother, I was very held back by my sibling.
2: We're Cage's Kiss and we need Jesus, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Instead, we've got the crib (laughs) keeper. It's our cross to bear. (laughs) Can I be your son of
2: man? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Toys R Us.
1: (laughs) We am what am.